welcome back to Garbage Film, the podcast where we link trashy movies and arty films, and we're here to say they're not too different, you can have fun with both. And to prove it, like always, we will take this week's artier fare and uh, pair it with something a little trashier, just to, you know, even the scales. Or whatever. No, that's, yep, that's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> to uh, dispense cosmic justice. Yeah, that's what it is. I yes. want cosmic justice, that's what it is. Well, we shall provide. I feel like cosmic is a good word for today. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's my unintentional lead-in. Thank you so much, You're I appreciate so that. Because uh, this week we are starting spooky season. We're just doing a full four weeks of spooky movies, both arty and trashy, yeah, to uh, get us through the month of October. I myself am a bit of a wuss when it comes to the scary movies, so I'm the limiting factor in our programming. Oh, I don't know about that. I am also a coward, and I have nightmares easily. Oh, you know what I should do is introduce us cowards. Oh, sure. That'd listeners. be fair. Yeah. Uh, the, I'm one of your hosts, Nick. I'm a coward. Uh, <laughs> what have I called myself so far in this podcast? I'm a coward. I'm a dumb guy. Uh, uh, a scumbag. I've called myself yeah, a scumbag. Yeah. And with me, as always, is my host, who is none of these things. Oh, there uh, it is. Aaron is with me. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Nick. How are you? Cowardly. How are you? <laughs> oh, I live in fear. Oh, good, good, yeah. good, good. We're going to have a great time together then. Which, here's a perfect segue for you. I Live in Fear is the name of a Kurosawa movie, but not the Kurosawa that we're talking about today, because today we're talking about 1997's Cure. Perfect. Yeah, just follow that math, little map. Little roller coaster. (laughs) Which is written and directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa, who has no relation, which you'll be reminded of in any article you ever look at. Having to do with this no movie. Doubt. Yes. Uh, do you think he has had that question posed to him every single day he's ever been alive? Or I think so, yeah. Because yeah. uh, Akira would have been churning out movies even back when uh, Kiyoshi was a kid. So oh, really? Every single day, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe, I, I like, don't know enough about Japanese culture. Maybe Kurosawa is a relatively common name there. But, but it's, I don't know. It's just such a, like, if you're going to go into film. Yeah. And be a Kurosawa. It's having just... Spielberg as the last name. Right. Like, Pacino. Do you, yeah. <laughs> Your Pacinos, your Spielbergs, your De Palmas. <laughs> I get, yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be rough. Yeah, our hearts go out to you, Kiyoshi. <laughs> Poor Kiyoshi. So of course he turned to making a horror movie to make us experience the terror he feels every day of people accusing him of he being related. He lives related. in fear. <laughs> uh, yes, Cure is from 1997. It's a thriller horror movie, starring. And as always, when we do the Japanese movies, apologies for my atrocious pronunciation, but I will do my best. It's not that bad. Uh, we have Koji Yakushu, Yakusho as Detective Takabe. We have Tsushiyoshi Ujiki as Sakuma, the uh, psychologist. Uh, Masato Hagiwara as Kunio Mamiya. And Anna Nakagawa as Fumi Takabe, which is Detective Takabe's wife. Yes. Yes, and this is, uh, I believe I mentioned, written and directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa. And uh, it's, it was like, I think it's like the first big movie of his to come west i want to say the earliest one at least i feel like that makes sense like it's pretty early on in his oeuvre even right and like it's the only one of his movies i've seen so there you go okay i feel like it was also right at the i i was you know in grade school still technically in 1997 i think this was sort of the the advent of like the real Western wave of like, oh, J horror is mm-hmm. a thing. Like yeah. the ring is get, is coming, and and 
you know, uh, others. <laughs> as and as stated, I'm a coward, so I don't know any of them. But I feel like that was the real, like, oh, Asian horror. Like, yeah. oh, this is a genre. Like, this is a thing. You could go to Blockbuster and there would be a shelf for it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I can so, picture it in my mind's eye and I would be afraid of going down that aisle. Mm-hmm, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so all you Gen Zs... <laughs> Fuck out of here if you don't know Blackbird Networks. That's even too. Uh, I'm sorry. Please come back. Oh, we need you. So let's uh, talk about this movie. Let's please do. Yeah. So Cure is from 1997. And uh, as I said, Detective Takabe is our protagonist. He is an emotionally repressed police detective with a mentally unstable wife. Classic. Yep. Good. Good setup. Uh, he is investigating a series of bizarre murders in which each victim is killed in the same way with a large X carved into their neck but the perpetrator is different each time in every case the murderers are caught close to the scene of the crime and although they readily confess to committing the crimes they have no substantial motive uh, and they can't explain why they killed the person only that they very obviously did it and yeah. it made sense at the time is kind of the... The refrain. The refrain that we're good. And uh, I didn't do my usual thing of saying major spoilies uh, follow. So oh, sure. There's yes. your brief setup and intra-spoiler territory we go. Here we go. Takabe works together with Sakuma, eventually determining that one man is the common thread amongst the murderers as each person comes into contact with him and then commits a killing shortly thereafter. The man is called Mamiya. Uh, he appears to have extreme short-term memory loss, uh, constantly confused about what day it is, where he is, what his name is, who he's talking to, why he's talking to them. Uh, he claims to recall nothing of his past. Uh, Mamiya constantly counters Takabe's interrogation with evasive questions regarding Takabe's identity. This drives Takabe nearly insane as he gradually loses his initial calmness. He's got that real, like, detective veneer of, like, he's just really quiet, like, when they're looking at the autopsy photos, he's, like, eating the piece of candy or something. Yeah, he's like showing up to the crime scene with a lollipop. Yeah. He's that detective. That detec- and he's yeah. just very tired all the time. It's just, oh yeah. god. Yeah, we see him going back and forth constantly. Like, we never see him sleeping or resting or anything. He's either taking care of his wife, who appears to have like some form of early onset dementia. Mm-hmm. And, oops, sorry. Ding! And if he's not doing that, he is trying to solve this string of like bizarre murders. Murders that are so uncomplicated and yet they can't figure out why they're happening or where the next one's going to be. Yeah. And the futility of the case starts to affect his psyche, as uh, you would expect this sort of thing to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, He becomes more and more volatile, exploding into violent fits of anger uh, and smashing stuff. Takabe discovers that Mamiya used to be a student of psychology who researched mesmerism and hypnosis. He comes to realize that Mamiya has no memory problems whatsoever and is instead a master of hypnosis, capable of planting criminal suggestions in strangers' minds by exposing them to repetitive sounds, the motion of water, or the flame of a lighter. Mm. It's very... yeah, it is... We'll talk about this more at the end, but like it is a very uh, hypnotic movie to watch. Just the really long takes and the sound design and and all this. I'm excited to talk to you about that. (laughs) But I, from this point, so you and I will each have opinions on what exactly occurs in this movie. From this point, I disagree with some of what the synopsis, the, it's not official, it's just IMDb times Wikipedia synopsis. It's already spicy. Okay. 
So in an archive, Sakuma finds a videotape of a mysterious man speculated to be the originator of Japanese mesmerism and shows it to Takabe. The man is depicted hypnotizing a woman in the late 1800s. She had been under treatment for hysteria, classic, uh-huh. uh, and was hypnotized by the man, uh, by, by a man who's kind of off screen, who gestures an X in midair, and that's about all they have to go on. But the woman later killed her son in a manner similar to Mamiya's crimes. Sakuma believes that the events, the current crimes, have a connection to the earlier events, describing Mamiya as a missionary of ceremonial murders, Mm -hmm. which is quite a thing to just throw out there. Uh, After showing the tape uh, to Takabe, Sakuma is revealed to have unconsciously drawn an X on his wall and starts to experience hallucinations of Takabe menacingly cornering him. Several days later, the police discover Sakuma's body in his home and conclude that he committed suicide. Meanwhile, Mamiya is jailed and charged with incitement to murder. Mamiya finds Takabe fascinating, possibly because he cannot force Takabe to kill like he can all the other people he's run into. Takabe is tormented by visions of his wife dead, however, which is great. Uh, Really the mental space you want to be in. Yep. Uh, the detective grows frustrated with his wife's helplessness and even expresses murderous intent toward her at one point. His wife's strange behavior and concerns about his own mental stability lead him to have her committed to a mental hospital. When Mamiya escapes, killing a policeman in the process, Takabe tracks him to a deserted building in the wilderness and shoots him dead. Exploring the building, Takabe finds and listens to an old phonograph cylinder that contains a scratchy recording of a male voice repeating what seemed to be cryptic hypnotic instructions. The film ends quite ambiguously at a restaurant where a waitress serves Takabe, then suddenly draws out a knife after speaking to the detective. The end. (laughs) It sure is. Yeah. So that, in a nutshell, is Cure, which is uh, pretty much my introduction to Japanese horror for the most part. I can't think of, like, another one I've seen. Like, I know what The Ring is, but... Yeah, Yeah. I know I've seen The Ring because I was 13 or whatever at the one time, so, like, that's, you know... (laughs) That was about as scary as, as I could take. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I've specifically seen, like, J-horror. That, that sort of very, like, it's in your home. Mm. It's, it's, you it's a videotape. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's a ring. I didn't, I don't remember the ring. <laughs> yeah, I, no, that's, I'm, I, again, full coward. Can't, can't take scary movies <laughs> at all. I like them. I mm. think that a lot of... There are a lot of, like, wildly talented directors in oh, horror yeah. because you just have, like, you don't have to. But when they're good, god damn, they're good, you know? Yeah, and this is this is a great, like, I feel like this is a perfect scary movie for people that are too scared because yes. nothing scary happens in it. It's just all scary ideas. Yeah, yeah, it's very unsettling. There's no, like, ah, a jump scare, mm. or, like, the demon was around the corner, or it's behind you, or whatever. It's so fucking tense. <laughs> it's so tense, and, like, it, it is the ambiguity, I think, that makes it a little mm. scarier, because you don't know. Like, as, as the crimes go on, we see more and more of... Of the crimes. Like, yeah. each successive crime, we see more of the lead-up and the, the resulting like confusion of mm. the the murder. <laughs> I want to say the victim because really like the person who's been hypnotized or what have yeah, you. Yeah, they're like a they're they're a, a victim by proxy kind yeah, of. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And it's it's very like no one can explain it and so it could just happen at any time. Yeah. You don't know exactly what role Mamiya plays. So when Takabe is in the room with him alone 
and Mamiya has this really unsettling way of like skulking in the corner or like clinging to the walls. Mm. You don't know what he's about to do. Mm -hmm. He moves really fast when you're not looking. Oh, the scene in the hospital where the the doctor keeps like looking down and then he's just suddenly like right in front of him. Suddenly there, yeah. It's that sort of like no... No attention is paid to it. Like, mm. Kurosawa is very good at not drawing attention to... Yeah. You know how your your hand is held, like there's, you know, tremolo strings when someone <laughs> is creeping down the hallway with the baseball bat in their home and they think they heard a noise. Yeah. You know when the scares are coming. There is nothing to guide you in this movie, <laughs> and just... so you just feel totally untethered. Yeah, picture, like, if a hot tub was just full of tension and you're just getting further and further down into it you know that's a i wasn't expecting a hot tub metaphor yeah yeah it's it's not a good metaphor that's fair yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's this yeah there's nothing to relieve tension ever it's just slowly building over the two-hour movie (laughs) yeah and there's no there's no respite right when Mm. when takabe goes home he's the one we're following mostly except for cutting away to show show what the murderers are up to and how they're about to murder and it's just when he goes home, he's either hallucinating his wife dead or he's like trying to, she has this habit of going and turning the dryer on with nothing in it. Mm-hmm. And so when he gets home at probably fucking 3 a.m. because he's a police detective, she's gone to bed. The dryer is on. He'll go in, same every night, turn go in, off. take off his jacket, put it in the closet, go to the laundry room, turn off the dryer that's on. <laughs> He'll go to the kitchen to see, like, has she left him dinner or does he need to fix himself something? She'll wake up, go to the laundry room, basically sleepwalking, right? Turn on the dryer and he has to go in and turn it off again. And just like these everyday things just like grinding you down, just like you cannot escape them. They are everywhere. Yep. They're not a lot on their own, but they are inescapable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's really rough. Yeah. Uh... So it is a very tense movie. Yes. Yeah. Should say so. Yeah, totally recommended for people who aren't like, who don't like horror movies in that way. We're like, oh, I don't like being, you know, I don't like jump scares. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. Like we, when we watched this, it was just one of those things of like, hey, I've heard of this movie. Let's toss this on. Yeah. We saw it for the first time like a year ago, probably. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, okay, yeah, let's. Let's throw it on and, and see what it's like. And for the first hour, you're like, oh, this is a police procedural. I know what this is. Yes, totally. And the last hour is just like, what the f- What the fuck? <laughs> like, I remember watching the first half and feeling none of... I remember feeling, like, briefly, like, Silence of the Lambsy, where I was like, oh, nothing is scary. There's just a lot of dread. Sure. And then... It's just a, like, oh, no, don't let it happen. You get to the back half and you're like, oh, what's reality again? Yeah, who am I? Am I Is an identity even important? What do I... Oh my god. Do I have yeah. a face? What do I do? <laughs> yeah. It's really unsettling. It really... Yeah. yeah. It messes with you. Yeah. So uh, I'd be happy to dive in some of, into just some of the stuff I'd love to mention about it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. yeah. You were... Like, we talked a little bit already about J-horror stuff. This was the movie that is, like credited with j-horror becoming oh, wow. a thing okay because okay, i yeah. i had to look up because i was like oh yeah this is like the ring and sure. and uh the garage and stuff uh but this is from 1997 the ring is from 2002 oh so sure sure okay that tracks and then they all oh, start wow. coming after the ring so this is like the slow start to what's called the new wave of japanese horror mm, okay Wh- yeah which like wasn't focused on the hyper violence that uh previously was sure. was going on so this was like not as bloody 
Yeah, and very clinically presented, mm. co- like com- comparatively at least. Uh, definitely. And this yeah. is clinical as hell. Yes. Yeah. Almost literally so. Yes. Yeah. Very much. Uh, and I just wanted to throw out that there's an alternate version of the film that ends with the uh, waitress right. actually stabbing somebody. Yeah, you see her leave Takabe's uh, like table, table and, and grab and, the and, knife. And, yeah, yeah, and then go plunge it into someone else. Yeah, it's so much more effective to just like, oh, she's got a knife and cut, and it's just it like, oh a, lord, what's yeah. gonna happen? <laughs> it's a huge fucking knife. Yeah, oh, makes my skin crawl just now. And she kind of yeah. like you can see her kind of pause as as somebody comes to talk to her, right? Yeah, then, uh, another one of the wait staff comes up and like, and she goes, okay, and then she just kind of pauses and thinks to herself, and then very calmly walks over and picks up the knife. And, and her walk is different yeah, from before. Yeah, it's spooky. It's yeah, the hypnotized walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't often get into like filmmakers' influences on things because I feel like you can, it's always going to be the same like two dozen guys that always get mentioned. <laughs> movies that are really good. Yeah, I like out. the good movies, yeah. and then I try to do that is kind of what it I wanted to make good movies, is that... <laughs> but I just wanted to mention that uh, Kurosawa considers his two biggest influences on everything he does to be Hitchcock and uh, Ozu. Um, oh, okay. Which oh, sure. makes perfect sense to me because as soon as I read that, I went and sat down and I was like, oh, this is just if you took a Hitchcock storyline and made Ozu do it. Right. <laughs> it's all yes. long takes done in such a way to like show, um, oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Show like status in the scene. Like sure. all the body gestures and stuff is just, it's all around the the, the societal status rules and then shifting and people's journey through that, like sure, okay, one hundred. And I read that and I was like, oh yeah, there you go. That put everything I thought about into a nice little box. There for you me. go. <laughs> Thank you, Kurosawa. Yeah. yeah, that makes total sense. I, I I feel like you know, speaking of just presenting the information for you, yeah. and not drawing attention in a dramatic way to like using drama, mm. you are just presenting drama but not in a dramatic way yeah it's kind of the the i could see that being an ozu influence for sure yeah yeah because he's his camera's always very far back we haven't seen a lot of ozu movies but no but like the the shots that just show you what is happening in the room yeah very yeah wide shots yeah if you've been in a family or (laughs) a hospital room like you'd understand by the way the shots are set up you don't need to like slow zoom on someone's face to show that they're thinking it's fine Uh, and, uh, the, the idea, the reason I like that is because Kurosawa says that, like, all of his movies are basically just an attempt to synthesize everything else he's watched. Oh. He feels like he doesn't have any original ideas. It's just taking other people's ideas and then filtering them through how he would shoot a thing. This is a wild movie for a guy who <laughs> doesn't consider himself to be a crea- a source yeah, of creativity. Right? <laughs> I'll take boy. a wildly original take on this genre idea. Like, sure. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, that that, but also, I mean, we'll we'll get into it later on. But the idea that, like, you know, one of Mamiya's hypnotism things is he just mm. keeps repeating, "Who are you? Who mm. are you?" And to to have that be like, oh yeah, you're actually a void is a very <laughs> interesting take for a guy who. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. All right. Void represent or uh, void rep- recognize void. God, that would have been good if I gave you through it. It's okay. I'll stitch it together really clumsily. Void recognize good void. Notes, void. It's a good song. <laughs> I Drop that album. Yeah. yeah, no, that's uh, it's important to see voids represented. Mm. 
Speaking as a void. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cute. So uh, I got some quotes for you. Mm. Most of what I what I have for you today are Kurosawa quotes because sure, sure. this is. I feel like we did a little string of. Um, not as many uh, alive and out there doing press oh, yeah, <laughs> people of like. So it's nice to have uh, honestly got quotes to go out. Not as much alive. Is there a shorter way to say that? Mm, I'm uncomfortable kind of... saying it's too scary. That's right. We're in spooky season. <laughs> Get used to it. Okay, please continue. I will. So uh, Kurosawa, uh, all these quotes will just be from various press junkets for when Kira came over okay. uh, overseas. So uh, he says, quote, In the American genre, there is a problem, a crime, a mystery to be solved that does not involve the detective changing at all. Because I'm Japanese, I want my characters to change more than solve a case. I believe that individuals change when something around them changes, and if it is drastic change, then the character appropriately has to change drastically. That is probably where my films start to become different from American films, the character fragments and changes. Interesting. Is exact like I get I watching this movie I'm not left with like he solved the case. Like that's not what you not get. Not at all. <laughs> it is not a fulfilling detective story. No. Yeah. 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 So there Nice. And the he he gets asked a lot about being a genre filmmaker because he makes genre films. Uh, That's such a... I make food meals. What the fuck is a genre film? You're working in. You're working with tropes is is what okay. he's A, a shorthand a filmic language yeah. to convey a specific kind of story. Yeah. Uh, which genre... Whatever. My f- oh, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Please can't. Quote, which genre my film ultimately belongs in is up to the audience to decide when the film is finished. But certainly as a starting point, I always start my next project considering which genre I would like to work in. So in that sense, I guess I'm a genre director. Oh, okay. So yeah, you specifically think about it. (laughs) Which I love that quote because you look at this movie and you're like, oh, he picked detective thriller horror thing. And then he just, his mind unspooled. He just respected where it was going, which was insanity. (laughs) Full insanity of every character. Yeah. Full meltdown (laughs) slash murder. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I got so many quotes. Jeez. Uh, on the ending itself. So I know that we're going to have ending stuff to talk about or just general open-ended stuff, but this is, so here's a long one for you. Quote, in Cure, the conflict between the protagonist and the society that surrounds him, what essentially happens at the conclusion is that he finds himself, or pardon me, he finds complete freedom by cutting himself off from the society. That is the main conclusion that I try to posit. However you interpret films, I don't believe that a film is limited to the beginning and the end of that piece. There's a world before, after, all over it. And I feel that a film is simply a little window to cut out with a little chunk right through it. What I tried to accomplish with Cure was to leave it very open and to indicate that there is a world before and after that, and I hope that people get the sense, or maybe the terror at the end, that there may be something else out there. Mmm, dun-dun-dun. Which, yes, it's scary. A waitress might stab me. <laughs> I'm always worrying about this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's a nice one. Yeah, it's, you know, so much of Japanese horror or thrillers or mm. even just dramas or whatever is so constructed around the idea of like what if this society that we're mm. all working very hard to try and uphold is not good yeah and it it this in particular feels like it very much flows out of that like yeah everyone goes to work and takes their wife to the doctor <clears throat> excuse me to her doctor's appointment but deep down we would like to stab someone <laughs> and there are very thin walls preventing us from doing it yeah 
Yeah, actually, I maybe this is a very basic thought, but I I hadn't thought of that until you just said it. That like, yeah, Japanese horror based around what if blank in society and right. American horror being what if blank an individual, like that. Yeah, sure. Feels pretty accurate to me yeah well which is scarier is it the idea that like there's a werewolf outside and you could shoot and kill it or that your whole society is a lie and your life is meaningless <laughs> which is scarier really i would like to watch the werewolf movie please <laughs> i know that sounds really cool <laughs> just yeah, yeah there's there's different societal frameworks for horror as i you know it's the most obvious horror thing you could say, but like it's good. This, this is the introduction example. to Spooky Month, there so you this go. is we're starting surface level, and we'll get uh, yes, thank you. Yeah. So I'm glad you already mentioned stuff about the sound design. Oh, um, on this is him talking about uh, soundtrack, sound design, and music used in movies. Okay. Quote, once I indicate with music or sound how they should feel, it no longer becomes a question. It becomes a question, and then I answer it all at once. There is no interpretation. Sure. What I want to do is leave it open to the audience to figure out how they want to feel in this certain situation. That's what I want to accomplish in my films. So I know that I remember distinctly watching this for the first time with you, and the opening music starts, and us looking at each other being like, what the fuck is this? Is this a comedy? Yeah, it feels like a Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes, it does. Yes. I'm like, this is a really goofy murder that's happening right now. Like, am I meant to... It's a very jaunty little tune as Takabe's going to his murder scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is not a question that gets answered for me. No, because I, like, we've already talked about this in the past. We're both music and sound nerd people. Like, mm-hmm. we... Like that. Like that. So that was our first, like, the first thing we talked about when we finished watching yeah. this movie the first time was, like, that was the creepiest sounding movie I yeah. think I've ever, like... The only sound I remember from this is when the incredibly long scene of Takabe visiting uh, Mamiya in his cell, and there is just an unknowable sound occurring throughout, and it makes my skin crawl, and I want to (laughs) die. It's got some overtone in it, I'm sure, that's designed to, like, you know, panic your little monkey brain. Yeah. Because, goddamn. Like, yeah. Mental hospital to begin with, and then... You layer that with a sound that you don't know what it is, but you know it's not good. Yeah. And it won't stop. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. Uh, uh, then I just got a few, not really having to do with movies, but I just like Kurosawa's answers on these. He was asked if he'd ever been hypnotized a lot during his Ooh. press for this. Okay, sure. And every answer was something like this. Quote, uh, no, never. I never will be. I had the chance a couple of times, but to be honest, I was too scared. I did have the utter confidence that I would never be susceptible to being hypnotized, but I was told by several people that those people, those that are the most confident, are the ones ones who are the most vulnerable to this thing. When the chance arose, I basically said, no, let's not do this, and I left the room. (laughs) Yep. Yep. You and me both, Curso. Others. Yeah. It's too scary. I feel like there's two p- types of person that watches this movie. One is like, you'd never get me. I'd, <laughs> I'd know. And then the other people, like me, mm. who was like, it kind of worked on me as he was doing it to other people in the movie. And I was like, oh, yep, there I go. <laughs> I would have killed someone by now already. Yeah. I had the distinct, I started the movie where I was like, no, this, this never happened to me. I would never get hypnotized. Yeah. And then there's the point at which the big abandoned, is it like a, the big long shack that's, that uh, Takabe kills um, Mamiya. Oh, the in. final, yeah. like, warehouse scene, yeah. When we get to there, and me being like, no, I'd be the first one to go. Like, yeah. I would do anything this guy says. 
There's a, yeah, when he finally goes, they have their, like, showdown, isn't it? The right word at all, it's but they have the climactic they, showdown. Pew, pew. They meet in his cell after he's been arrested for, like, incitement to murder. Mm. Um, Takabe goes to see him and is like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you doing this? Who do you think you are? I'm a detective. I solve these things. Stop doing this. And he, you know, Mamiya's skulking in the corner, just curled up like a little bug. <laughs> and it starts to rain and the light dims because oh, he's yeah. got a window. There's sort of a faint rumble of thunder. And the lights dim because, you know, clouds are rolling over the sky. Mm. And Mamiya doesn't say anything, doesn't move. Takabe doesn't say anything, doesn't move. You can hear the rain start to pitter-patter outside. So all of a sudden you have this white noise yeah. of, of like if you have white noise to sleep, like a, a rain machine or like, you know, and there's all of a sudden, like it's an old building, water starts to drip from the ceiling just mm. beside, beside Takabe onto the table that he's sitting by. And he just watches it mm. drip, drip, drip. And then it starts dripping onto the floor and he's just watching it spread, this puddle mm. spreading and this is probably two or three minutes. And you are watching it like it is the most spellbinding thing in the world. Because it is. The way it's it, set up, I it is I don't know how he does it. But fucking movie magic. Yeah. It's this combination of like suddenly the lights dim a little bit. Suddenly you have this blanket of white noise. And you have this very rhythmic, elemental, hmm. soothing thing that you're watching. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I would for sure <laughs> be doing murders. Yeah. If this, like, it feels so nice. Mm -hmm. It's very soothing. Like, yeah, it, it soothing is right. That just warm, like, certainty feeling. Just yeah. kind of like, I'm nicely settled. I'm very calm. Ah, yes. And no matter what I do feels like the right next thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I could definitely. So, yes, I also would not agree to get hypnotized because mm. I would be that asshole, like, balking like a chicken or whatever. I would do it. I still think I'm a chicken. <laughs> Baka. Baka, Nick. <laughs> Write in if you've been hypnotized before and if it sounds like this. Oh my like god, this. yes, please yeah, tell us if this is how it works. Let us live vicariously through you because <laughs> I'm never doing it. It's too scary. <laughs> I shan't. Uh, I, another thing that came up in his lots of interviews are is uh, what scares him about mm. the world at large. Uh, and his response, uh, quote, terror, I think, has many different levels. Changing it to something different isn't that scary. Well, maybe a little bit depends what it is. But I think what's scarier than that is not changing at all, becoming the same forever without any transformation whatsoever. I think that is truly terrifying. And if you add to that the condition in which you are the same forever without any alteration, I think the condition that most clearly embodies that is death itself. Christ on fire, yeah. sir. The interviewer just like crying, being like, I, I thought you were going to say like dogs or something. Spiders, big one. You can go, please. The dark. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, right. you're not wrong. Uh, I guess. But also, Shit, dude. change is very scary, too, so you got both sides. But at least change, you have, like, a... I feel like we were all afraid of quicksand as children. Lots of children's media, yeah. quicksand-based. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. The Imagine sinking and not being able to do anything about it. Mm, no, That's, I won't. Imagine it right <laughs> now. Too scary. Um, <laughs> I can see that being much scarier than... A werewolf is attacking you, and you have to run. Mm. We're not doing a werewolf movie. I don't know why we keep why I keep bringing it up, but do you know what I mean? Like at least yeah. you have some agency with change. Some agency, yeah, probably. Yeah, you can choose how to respond to change. Mm -hmm. 
just static is so much worse. Yeah, like the idea of limbo, generally. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. I told you Cosmic was a good way to start I this. was just yeah. anyway, yeah. <laughs> God damn. Okay. Uh, and the last little thing I got for you is just uh, people asking Kurosawa what he thinks about death. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, quote, I've never died, so I don't really Uh-oh. know. <laughs> I can't speak for the dead community. <laughs> but I am a bit scared of death, mainly for the reason that it's something that is forever. It is permanent, and permanency is what I'm scared of. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. What an interesting little guy. Yeah. Sounds like I've got some stuff in common with him with the fear of the idea of change or also not any change. (laughs) The idea of anything. (laughs) Um, Yeah. The permanency of death. Not of Mm. death itself, but of that's it. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's talk about... I wanted to do all that stuff first to talk about the intention of it being super ambiguous and open-ended. Sure. Because yeah, this movie's ambiguous and open-ended. What do you? What are your yeah. thoughts? I want to. I think it is. I based my take on this mm. on how the murders are shown to us. Mm. So, the first one is very like the first one. You actually don't see really any lead up whatsoever. It's one of those things in hindsight. Like us, we revisited sure. it, and sure. you know, oh, he's getting the pipe. He's walking to a yeah. plate. You're like, oh, he's going to kill them person he the guy walks through it's literally just like he walks under an underpass um he meets a sex worker and like the only shot is like he's getting dressed and then he kind of turns picks up the pipe and hits her in the head Mm -hmm. and she's unconscious like and you don't see the x carving you don't see any of that happen you just it cuts to you know takabe showing up the next day Mm -hmm. And then the next murder is, um, who does he meet? Oh, Mamiya meets like a, just a school teacher who's having yeah, a nice, right, he's, he's doing a sketch on the beach. And the school teacher kind of, oh, notices there's someone over there. And then Mamiya's head just swivels to look directly at him yeah. as the guy notices him. And he kind of gives a like, oh, what beach is this? And the school teacher's like, oh, it's such and such a place. He's like, where is that? She's like, I, I don't know. It's it's here. It's, you know, the next town over is, yeah. is this town. And he's like, okay, who are you? I'm so and so. How did I get here? Like, what? Like, it's, I don't know. I'm not, I don't <laughs> want to get involved. where are we? Like, yeah. But I just... What beach is this? <sighs> what the fuck? Dude? Like, it's very frustrating to hear <laughs> before you know what his deal is. Yeah. So you see that lead up with the second murder. You see this just sort of repetitive loop of like you can never answer this guy's questions fully yeah so you it just have to like keep talking putting to a toddler exactly just, like, but why? why but why why is that why are you doing that what are you doing now <laughs> and then you commit a murder yeah and then yeah later you find out he's he's deliberately he's removing your ability to like latch on to a grounding mm. thing so that when he when the flame comes out or something and it's just like fully on that. Yeah. yeah. So he's talking at you from the dark or you can't see mm-hmm. his face or you have to focus on something else. And then the third murder it, this is the first time you actually see the murder happen. And it, like, it's great because up until then you can have all your little theories that you're yeah. going with and then you see that happen and you're like, "Well, what the fuck?" Well, what the <laughs> shit? Yeah. The the police like they pick him up. I forget why. He's on a building and he jumps off the roof. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah he's trying to get people to come to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they take him to the police station to be like, are you okay, buddy? Like, let's write, you know, you need some help with something. 
and he talks to both cops and clearly there's some like one is the rule follower cop mm-hmm. and one is the like yeah you can smoke in here it's fine cop <laughs> and i'm the cool cop cool cop and you see you see mamia just a little bit prod at that relationship of like but he said i couldn't smoke in here and just like set them against <laughs> each other a tiny tiny bit and then go for the lighter and then the next day you see the like cool cop just very casually like he yeah Yeah. he takes out the garbage and then he kind of pats himself down oh goes back to get to get his gun shoots his friend in the back of the head and you're seeing more and more of what happens each time and then the Mm -hmm. fourth murder is is where you're like oh here's how he's doing it yeah that yeah doctor that protector that that's that's a wild one Yeah. yeah they take him to the hospital and she looks him over and he's he says something to the effect of like you didn't want to be doing this, right? Like this, this isn't what you wanted, you wanted to be, to be doing. a surgeon, right? Yeah. yeah. And he kind of, and he won't let her look at his face while mm-hmm. he's doing it. He's filling a cup of water. Mm-hmm. It's all these like very, you know, element things, the fire, the water. Mm-hmm. And, and he says like, yeah, it must've been tough for you. Like people laughed because, oh, you can't be a doctor. You're just a woman. Right? That's what they said to you. And she kind of doesn't say anything. She's looking at this glass of water dripping over the side. And <laughs> and he's like, deep down, you always wanted to be a surgeon. To and cut into people. To, you wanted to, yeah, you wanted to, you want that feeling again. When you cut open your first corpse, you want the feeling of cutting open a man. Mm. And then the next time we see her, it is definitely the most graphic oh, murder yeah. by far. A, a random bystander goes into the men's washrooms at a park. Mm-hmm. She's kneeling over a body. She's carved the X into the chest. And she's done the X up over the jaw enough that she can grab hold of the facial skin. And she's starting to peel it back to see what's underneath. Not in a weird way. In a very <laughs> in a, clinical like, oh, way. I want to see what's underneath I'm here. dissecting. Yeah. And she kind of looks up and, and they're all very blank. And, you know. Yeah. So you see more and more of what is happening. Mm-hmm. Just that probing of trying to find the right person who, you know, who can you get at the most? And they're literally getting under people's skin (laughs) by the end, right? And pulling back this face of like, this isn't a real face. Let me see underneath, (sighs) underneath this face. So that's, to me, that's kind of what the cult essentially Mm. is, is like remove that false face. Yeah. Pull back the layers kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I definitely I'm I'm going with the yes he is really hypnotizing people, but it's you know the movie's title is cure you're curing people of having to put up this front to okay, live in this yeah. you know yep. the what is he um Sakuma calls it soul conjuring like that's what oh, yeah. it was called back when it was illegal and it was <laughs> you know spiritualism or mysticism or whatever soul conjuring i feel like it's the opposite of that it's let me take your soul away from you let me just make you i will cure you of your soul so that let you can me... just act out your like very yeah. base urges yeah because yeah. sakuma's big thing is you can't hypnotize someone to murder if they didn't already want to murder which i love that in there because it, when it's we get to Mania, but... yeah like yeah starting to hypnotize people you can until you get the doctor you don't see it exactly but with the doctor it's just such a clear like oh he found the way in yes he found the pain point yeah Yeah. the first guy like he's a little bit like my wife doesn't do anything around the house she's a housewife she just goes to bed because she has a headache Mm. the police the guy doesn't like his 
his partner, partner. because he's a wiener, basically, yeah. right? That's the yeah. And you can see it starting to happen with Takabe, where he's mm-hmm. like, "You want to kill your wife because you really resent her, don't you?" Like yeah. that. You can't let her live like this. It's not good for either of you. Yeah. What is the point of living if it's just going to be like this? Mm. Yeah, it just gets very like, he's the spookiest villain of all where you're like, I get it, guy. Yeah, he's not wrong. I kind of get it. Yeah. (laughs) He is wrong, but he's not. He's very wrong, but he's not like incorrect. It's a very, it's a far too direct approach to a Mm -hmm. problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's, I don't know. That's what I think about it. Nice. I, what, what do you think? About it? Well, before I get to like what I took away from it, I, I want to, oh, yeah. I want to ask you what, uh, how much do you think is, I'm lead, I'm doing a leading question where like the first time <laughs> I watched it, by the time we get to Sakama seeing the old abandoned building that he goes into, right? by the time we got there, my brain was like, none of this is real. Every aspect mm. of what's happening right now is both Sakuma and Takabe, they have been hypnotized and they're seeing what they need to see to justify their hypnosis. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Was how it okay. was coming back to me. And that fits to me nicely with the ending where like, or um, Takabe is taking his wife to a mental hospital. The last cut before we get there is him grabbing a knife. And I was like, oh, yeah. that scene is where he kills his wife. The rest is like, she's not around because I took her to a mental hospital. Right, okay. Um, Could definitely argue that. Yeah, yeah. and like... Sakuma has got the thing of like, he's a psychologist trying to find the psychological answers and he finds them and it's this thing that drives you crazy and makes you kill yourself, uh, the, this tape. And that's how he justifies him self-harming. That this yeah, is, okay. that's how I interpret everything. And then I went back and read and most people, I, as I understand it, interpret it as like, no, everything is shot very dreamily, but everything is text. Like it's what's happening to sure. the characters. Even if it's like, this is a hallucination. No, that like everything that we see is has happened in reality. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. Um, what do you make of that one shot where Sukuma is kind of he's he's hallucinating or something? It's it's where Takabe is approaching him and is clearly about to kill him, but then mm. it just cuts back to they're both in the the archives uh, yeah, looking at this. But that I feel like that is a legit hallucination because yeah. that's when Sukuma says like he's just sort of staring blankly ahead and he just says like he's a missionary mm. he's here to propagate the cult and then he just sort of like oh sorry that was a I crazy just, thing to say wasn't i it? just really spaced out there for a minute <laughs> i feel like you could make the argument for that being a hallucination at least mm. yeah or a potential future or something you know yeah it, it that's part of the reason i like like I, I looked up to be like what does kurosawa say the ending is and yeah. he's just like it's whatever you take away from it i can't <laughs> tell you yeah he's yeah, like fair. there are a few spots that clearly are real like the ending scene is in reality yeah. the most of all of mami is like going to see his say his backstory his apartment yeah which contains his backstory, backstory. uh that's all real like there's all these things that are real but then you have Aspects that are clearly hallucinations, like uh, Takabe's wife yeah. hanging herself. Yeah, that sure. kind of thing. Yeah, I'm usually such the guy that needs like, no, but I need to know what happened. But what happened though? In part because I feel like I this movie was good for me to work through some of my feelings on this, which are <laughs> free therapy. 
uh, I only ever feel like I don't like the, well, it's up to you interpretation mm-hmm. when it feels like somebody who wrote or created something is just like, I don't know what I'm trying yeah. to do. If you didn't like it, that's your <laughs> fault. Where this is so clearly like, no matter what lens you put on it, e- like each version works and could be argued. Like sure, once you're sure. past that first hour, fucking bets are off. Yep. <laughs> it could be anything. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah. I, I also want to argue the i looked up a little bit of like what mesmerism is Mm. like who franz mesmer was and he's quite a famous um you know the word mesmerism is it's from him exists because of him and his big thing was like yes you can induce a suggestible state Yeah. yeah yeah and a lot of the like his work and the work that came out of it was wildly famous like well known and this was the sort of the like oh you got it's not as far as like your humors are out of alignment but it was very like if you put a magnet over the heart um your your bleeding will stop or if you put Mm. a magnet on the feet like you're do you know what i mean like it was that they were just like magnets like no one had the scientific basis to understand even the vaguest of of like scientific devices Mm. so there's even a there's even a bit in cozy fantuti about like when Despina comes back, uh, like, dressed as the doctor, she waves a magnet over oh, them, and they, suppo- like, come back to life. And that's supposed to be a reference. That, like, that's how famous... So this is a, a Mozart opera, a famous Mozart opera, Cosi Fantude. Oh, yes, today. sorry, yeah, yeah. So that, like, like that if it's meant- in there, that's great. Yes, <laughs> it was meant to be seen by, like, a rowdy-ass audience at 11 a.m. before you go out to, like, the horse races or whatever. Like, it was insanely popular. Mm. And it was called like magnetism or animal magnetism. And his whole thing was that like, if nature isn't working right, the flow of nature isn't working right, you have to unbind it. You have to give nature a little kick in the pants to make everything flow again. Hmm. And so, you know, when you go to Mamiya's apartment with the, he's got a monkey, he's got like a dissected monkey and its arms are crossed over each other and its legs are crossed over each other. Hmm. This is like a bound up, like a, a, purposefully trying to stop the flow kind of thing. That's that's how I, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is that monkey? I, when I, now reading about Mismers, I'm like, I feel like this is it. It's just the, the poles aren't aligned correctly. Mm. Your flow doesn't work. This cult, I'm sure, sees, this is my take, mm. sees human beings as inherently evil and chaotic. Yeah. I guess not even morally evil, just chaotic and not bound to social responsibility. And society has so like their, forced this yes, thing on them. Yes, has yeah. stopped, has like plugged up the the chaos, and it's their job to start those that hmm. flow moving again of people doing whatever the fuck they want Ugh. and murdering people Ugh. and like you know getting that 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 X across the throat is a, like this is where so much of in in mysticism and things this mm. is where so much of the personality is bound up your mm. voice like important chakras live there mm. if you let that free if you let it like open up and bleed it yeah you will start functioning like a person again and the oh, the other like Takabe in the restaurant he's yeah. at that restaurant twice in the movie yeah. one is when he's in his the middle of his like why can't I solve this mm. case conventionally mm. also my wife is doing terribly like he's at his lowest 
You can see he's just picked at his food. The waitress comes yeah. over and is like, do you want me to take this away? It's a full plate of food. He's like, yeah, fuck it. I don't care. And by the end, when you know he has been hypnotized, he eats everything on that fucking plate. He's yeah. having a ball. He's like nom, 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 licking his, you know, basically Slurping licking coffee, the plate. Yeah. yeah. And he pushes it away and he's like, thank you for the meal. Yes, I will have a coffee. Like he's loving life. Mm. He's back to his like, or back to, he is now his true quote unquote self. Just so had to you kill wanna... his wife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my take is that the mesmerism that's that's the key to it for me. Yeah, absolutely. It's like that's... you just have to bl- unblock that stoppage. Thank you for filling in those blocks for me because that's that's exactly I feel like I mentioned this to you a lot. I don't know if I've mentioned this on podcast before, but the there's so many times where you're watching something or reading something, doesn't mm. necessarily have to be a movie, and you're like, oh, I can tell that this is fully thought through and has firm basis in something. Right. And that grounds it for me and makes it feel very real and very, like, lived in or however you want to express sure. that. And that I had exactly that feeling where I was like, this is all for a reason. It isn't just, let's yes. string up a monkey to creep the audience out. Like, yeah. this lines up with something that I don't have the knowledge to put together, sure. but, like... In the back of my mind, it makes sense somehow. It's clearly significant. Yeah. yeah. Like either it's, if you want to be very, quite hippy-dippy about it, it'll be a thing of like, we all subconsciously know it. Or it's just in, it's been enough in enough media that I have absorbed it without really understanding it still. Right, yeah. So it's just referencing fair. that thing that's kind of miasmic in the back of my mind. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. It's creepy shit. Yeah, it is. I'm taking the, you know, the cult is like using those properties to do crazy satanic shit. But I think that's that's the root of it. It's just like, just let it out. You'll feel better. You'll feel better. And that is, when they talk about that the murderers all say it makes sense at the time that they wanted yes. to do it and all that, a hypnotist would be able to like trick you into thinking that like, that's what this person wants. That's what's good yes. for them. That makes so much sense. That's oh, totally. Like, on paper, it sounds stupid because we all know that. But if you're hypnotized by a master hypnotist... <laughs> For example. Who might be the devil, maybe. Yeah, it's kind of implied <laughs> that he is the devil. Yeah. Well, they say it a couple times. Yeah, like, do. oh, what, this guy's just the devil? He just makes people do bad things? And then and you're like, ah, maybe. maybe <laughs> Yeah, I think it's very important for Mamiya feeling very righteous about it and like whether or not he's the devil or whatever, mm. that the murderers have agency. Yeah. They don't, but they kind of do. They no, think they nowhere, do, and that's yes, enough. Yeah. And that's enough for them. Exactly. Yeah. He just gives them the ability to decide yeah. whether they want to. And the fact that they all choose to murder <laughs> is just proof to him. That he's right. That that's, yeah, yeah, that's what people want to be doing. Oh, fuck that rules. There you go. Sweet. Thank you, Franz Mesmer. And later, James Braid. I guess. Thanks. Now I know. <laughs> thanks, guys, for your magnet shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, now it's time for us to uh, double bill this bad boy. With, what, uh, what? I'm doing a dance. It's not really a good audio <laughs> component, but. <laughs> it just really feels separated from Cure. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> So we're going to pair this with uh, a movie for a double bill, complete with a marquee title, if we've happened to think of one. I got one this week. Yeah. I'm ready to go on it. Okay. All right. Um, so I want you to take it away. Okay. Yeah. Then I'll do it. Please do. I'll, I'm, I'm going to. Go right ahead. I, I will. I wish you would. Okay. <laughs> I am choosing to go with the theme of, like, you're trying to... 
you're trying to like mm, no but like i'm not i'm not part of this i'm not i'm not what you are mm-hmm. i'm better than this i'm above this um and ultimately you it turns out you were not better than this and you were in fact this all along <laughs> and there's just nothing you can really do about it mm-hmm. and that kind of nihilism and the like the idea that society is not something that is your your society the way you the one that you value is not really built to like nurture or support you and it's best to just get the fuck out of it um <laughs> fuck you sort society. of like, yeah you get it you know what i mean um and the idea of like being very influenced by very basic shit that you wouldn't think that you think is silly or like mm. you would think like no th- it would never work on me um and being <laughs> proved very wrong um i'm gonna pair this with what is it 1973 Ooh. 1973's the wicker man uh, yeah. so i'm keeping like with a sort of like horror theme i guess mm-hmm. um the Wicker Man. I'm not a huge fan of, so I'm. That's not. That's not fair to say. I don't. I think it is definitely on the pulpier or trashier side. I mm. don't think of it as an artsy movie. I know that people do, and that it's very well received, and people love it, which I get. <laughs> it just didn't speak to me in that way necessarily. But it has a lot of the same components of like very mystical, spiritual, like. There's got to be some kind of genre word for this, like, eerie spiritualism, where you're like, something's wrong, something's off with this, everyone's too happy participating in this, there is something sinister going on with this. Oh, I think you nailed it before, I think, like, it is, like, cult horror, but it's, like, a specific flavor of cult horror. Yes, yeah, Yeah, totally, where you're like, oh no, everyone's happy. Everyone's, yeah. Fuck. Like, everyone's happy doing or being a thing that I think is wrong. Yeah. Because it's this very straight-laced, extremely mm. Christian, hardcore police officer the going... Wiener. The goddamn wiener. Going to this island, Summer Isle, um, out in the Hebrides somewhere, I think. Like, I think somewhere, right. you know, um, where paganism was a big thing and has, like, there is a resurgence of paganism on yeah. this island. And... He's responding to what seems like a very basic police procedural thing at mm-hmm. first. A girl has gone missing. Someone has like anonymously anonymously reported this girl going missing. He's out there to solve the case. But what it turns into, he is, by the end of the movie, you are not having the same problems as you did at the beginning. <laughs> and you have become part of the ritual yeah. by the end. You, yeah. are, you are sacrificed to keep this cult going. And you had no say in it. You had no say in it. And it turns out you were like, you were being worked the whole time, <laughs> right? Like he comes, he comes on board and the... The on board. Is that how you say it when it's an island? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) He comes to the island and he's like, there are just people fucking in the field out there. And they're like, yeah, it's fertility rights or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Basically, like, it's about to be the harvest or what have you. And, like, you know, we teach our children about, like, the maple dance and, like, how it's meant to. Uh, represent fertility or like mm. encourage you know the yeah. the good harvest blah 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 and it's very based around like sex and the rituals of sex and how that translates into like very elemental basic like can your crops grow yeah <laughs> are you are you fertile are you are you contributing to society is it is it all flowing correctly <laughs> you know and you get told this by a very young christopher lee it's great 
Yes. Well, very young. Relative. Very, he to... came out of the womb 50 years old, but <laughs> very dapper. Yes. He's a very handsome man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and then it turns out that, no, he was actually like, the cult had him from day one. Like, he was summoned to the island. There was no missing girl. Yeah. He was summoned because he's a virgin and because he represents the, it's something about like, he's the king. Not really, but he represents the law, which is yeah. backed by the, the you know, Commonwealth. It feels like it's got all these little loopholes that are like, and back yeah. in the day we said king, but I mean. Um, yeah, so this just being like, oh, it turns out you were part of the ritual the whole time. Mm. And once you realize what's going on, it's too late for you. Much too late. And Into you deep. are, yep, you propagate the cult. <laughs> You're now one of the missionaries by accident. Oops. Oopsie. Oops, all missionaries. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's the worst Don't pull that lever. Don't pull that lever. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here with that. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm going with. Just real good folk horror, cult horror, where you're like, something nice. is off. Can't yeah. figure it out. By the end, you definitely know what it is. <laughs> and it's not good, but... I like that. And yeah. just to double down on this, you already mentioned the year. This is not the Nick Cage one that we're talking about. There are no, no bees involved. No, there's no bees. <laughs> they do burn a cat alive or something, right? Don't they burn... Like, they, they stuff some animals in the Wicker yeah, Man with them? Yeah, Wicker Man's chock full of life. Yes, chickens or whatnot. Yes. And one police officer. <laughs> Which isn't really a person <laughs> when you think... No. <laughs> Sorry, Edward Wood. <laughs> What Ed Ed Woodward? Ed, Edward Woodward. Ed, this was never gonna end well for me. Bert Ward. Ed, Ed Wood. Edward. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Right. Every it all comes back to Edward. Always. Yes. So my my double bill title is going Ooh. to be, or my marquee title is going to be, um, join the cult. She's going to be real short and sweet. There you go. And I'm not going to do that. Ooh, so what'd you pick? So take, it, take it in a different direction. Not, not entirely unrelated, obviously. It's the same movie. So this film at its core is, for me, the most interesting part is our antagonist is Mamiya. And it's very different from the antagonist that we're used to seeing in a horror movie. Sure. Or just generally antagonists, which is one of the reasons I find it so interesting, the mystery of it all. And he may or may not be the devil wrestling with the want. He, he's trying to wrest the want to kill out of people. Like right. that, like you were saying, remove the layers, prove that this is who we all are deep down. Mm-hmm. You put that really well when you talked about that. Oh, thank you. Um, and yeah, like the protagonist, like I, I like reading about Kurosawa's take on, on all of this because it was yeah. so different from mine. Which his is all about the protagonist. He's all about Takabe and his journey. And to me, the most interesting thing is seeing this force of Mamiya coming into contact with all of this stuff and seeing like oh I agree everything that Mamiya does throughout is confirming his biases, like his idea of oh deep down we all just want to kill. Sure, right. Like he he gets he keeps proving himself right. And to me, it seems like he's trying to up the stakes. I honestly hadn't thought of this before you said it, but like. He starts trying to get people to find him. Yeah, like he's looking. Goes he's in the searching. hospital and he's wandering around there. Like he, it's not that he has targets, but he is just like he, he approaches them. Yeah, yeah, and makes them think that they approached him. Yes, it's a really interesting thing. Yep. Uh, but and this is something I definitely picked up on this watch through. Takabe is the only person that he comes into contact with that he's trying to get to kill that actually resists him for a time. Sure. Um, and. It becomes this hurdle to 
overcome and they become obsessed with each other. I feel like the first time around, all I saw was Takabe being obsessed with Mamiya. And this time around, I kind of saw that relationship coming the other way. I totally agree. Yeah. 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 Uh, and in the end, he's offering like, it isn't that Takabe suddenly kills Mamiya. Mamiya is like, yeah, you've came here to kill me. Do it, buddy. Do it, do it, do yeah, it. Like, fucking do it. He's offering Hold himself up because if he dies, he wins. Like, it's this... That's so true. Nice chess thing going on. So therefore, the only thing to pair this with, in my mind, is 2008's The Dark Knight. With (laughs) (laughs) yeah, like it. Yeah, it is. The Dark Knight is just, or the Joker is just Mamiya in Japanese culture instead. Mamiya is the Joker. (laughs) Yeah, did you heard it here? He's just going around Jokerifying people. Oh shit! Yeah, every. Yeah, uh. <laughs> you know the end scene when Tagabe turns to the camera and goes, "I'm going to become the Joker." <laughs> that's what made me think of this. No, that's so, you're, you're sharp. Uh, that's so great. Yes, yeah. because it is a like, oh, a worthy target finally. Yes. Like if I can, I have a mission. It's a chaotic mission, yeah. but if I can fuck up this guy's life, it means I'm great at what yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah, and I'm super right. Real about like society, about individuals, about everything. <laughs> And he kind of gets proven right over and over again. Yeah. Like, he really knows how to work that system. Real, like, unstoppable force meets immovable object yeah. energy there. Oh. And, like, such good different styles of chaos agents. Like, yeah. it is all text with Joker, yeah. very obviously. He literally all... just explains to Batman, I would like to break you. <laughs> there are no such things as rules. But the thing that I really liked about the, the whole chaos agent thing isn't new, but the reason that I glommed onto this is the idea that you learn throughout about the Joker's backstory, about Mamiya's backstory, and mm. then you learn that it doesn't fucking matter. Like, it's so true. Every clue that you get about everything is useless. Yeah, it actually it doesn't help you solve the murders or figure out where he's going to strike next or whatever. Like, you're it's just, just... You're trying to apply this reason that this chaos agent does not accept or work by. Yes. And the, literally, society has no value to him, so yeah. why should he be following the rules? He won't work within I'm the sorry. norms that you're expecting. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe I'm saying society so much. <laughs> Which... Uh, I am going to name this Doubleville, we live in a society. Of course you are! <laughs> I wouldn't accept any other... <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> 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 That's so great. Uh, oh, doesn't doesn't Mamiya say to him like you are really interesting to me? Like he's try it's it, yeah. he forms a little friendship with yeah. him like when when they drag him in front of uh Takabe's superiors. Yeah. yeah, and he's like who's this guy? Like they're both sitting in front of basically the police department Sucks to say, "Hey, we got the guy who did it." And yeah, and he's like, "Who are you?" And then he kind of leans over to Takabe like, "This guy's your boss?" That's a drag. Like, it just... And then they have this little... Or I can see like, why you're so angry or yeah, something like that. They have this little moment together where, like, all the sound drops out and it's just them talking to each other of, like, you get it. I yeah. know you get it. You're gonna... Like, you followed... And you followed him all the way out to the warehouse or yeah. whatever, yeah. Oh, my God. It's so great. And, and there's, like, the same Ugh. kind of interrogation scenes in He rushes him up in a cell. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of, like, hallucinations of, like, you're just me, but with a different framework. Outfit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Same. Same. Same, yeah. Same yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So that's what I'm going with. Nice. Aw. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the, the trashiest, still cool movie I can think of, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to stick in the horror realm, and I'm glad that you did. But uh... Yeah, I got us covered. You can go with Thanks the fun so shit. <laughs> But this was, I remember we, we rewatched, when we rewatched this for the podcast, I like looked over at the end and I just said, like, I know my movie. <laughs> like, you did! Yeah, yeah that's true. Because yeah. there were just lines that were just like, oh, Christopher Nolan clearly watched Cure before <laughs> writing The Dark Knight. Do you think? <laughs> um, it, it's possible. Possible. Because there's really no, like, Batman, I know we think of the Joker as like, ah, the big whatever. And, like, I don't think that it was that... I, I have very yeah, little to in, offer in the way of like the comics and yeah me neither but, but like it, it's not like it's not like the Joker was the big adversary no I think he was he was one of the big ones for sure but it wasn't this very personal relationship like it is I think now. the comics made it like ma- oh, maybe okay, around okay. this time but okay, like okay, they they fair. did like I don't know a lot about the comics myself but like I know the Killing Joke is a big one. And that's from sure. early it's 90s, It's very, I like, say. I'm going after... It's not just because the supervillain thing to do is go after yeah. your loved ones, but, like, I want to go after your loved ones. Yeah. I want to be one of your loved ones. <laughs> Which, uh, I'm going to abort the comic book talk because I cannot speak to it at all. And no, it we're totally chief out of our internet depth. get mad at you thing. That's true. That's a, There's a siren going off somewhere. <laughs> Don't yell at us. We just like to talk about Batman. Yeah. So, I'm saying... Uh, Dark Knight is the optimistic version of We Live in a Society, and Cure is the pessimistic version. Guess which one I like more? (laughs) Is it Cure? Oh, yes. Oh, wow. That's a big oof, yeah. Yeah, When Dark Knight is the uplifting movie. (laughs) That's the first one you watch, and then to just cut that sugar sweet (laughs) thing, you go to to Cure just for a dose of reality. Yeah. God damn. And okay. I even forgot that he, okay. yeah, Joker, Joker fies uh, Two-Face in that one. That's yes, for, yeah, totally. So. Oh, you know what? That's yeah. a great stand-in for um, Sakuma, the yeah. psychiatrist, because he, okay, maybe, do you think Sakuma killed himself, or mm. do you think Takabe did it? Oh, that's a great question. Because I think Sakuma saw it coming, that he had been hypnotized. He handcuffs himself to the radiator or whatever, to right. the, like, the shower curtain. I think he's. He it's tricky because we don't get a lot of information other than yeah, yeah he handcuffed himself here. We think it's a suicide. That's all you get. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get the information. He he realizes like when he just absent-mindedly draws that huge X on the wall, and Takabe says like, "What the fuck is that?" And he just goes, "Oh, I just thought it would help me." Th- think more clearly and then he goes over and starts trying to scratch it off the wall and eventually yeah. he's tearing wallpaper and like I think that's when he realizes like I have to kill myself or I'm going to kill someone else um, I think oh he's, yeah because he's trained enough right like he can he's the see one guy it. that can see it yeah. yeah I always assumed it was kill self for for those reasons mm. I honestly hadn't thought but like yeah to have I could kill him yeah could have possibility are I possible <laughs> 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 Terrible send-off for this one. <laughs> Watch Cure. Tell us what you think happened to yeah. Sukuma. It's a great time. Well, oh, man. it's a it's a time. It's a time. It'll, it'll, you'll have a time. You'll have feelings about it. Yep. I'm sure. I yeah. hope. Please have feelings about it. <laughs> if you're if not, you're a void, and that's fine. You're in, in good company. In which case, you get re- yeah, yeah. representation both through this podcast and the movie. So true. <laughs> and on that note, I think that'll take care of us for another week here on uh, Garkbidge. 
You can find us at GartbidgePod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, that's G-A-R-T-B-A-G-E pod. Aaron, where can the nice people find you? Nice people only can find me on Twitter if they like. Lots of animal videos, uh, <laughs> lots of environmental stuff, whatever, at Maclebase, M-A-C-L-E-B-A-S-S. And uh, you can find me at Dick R. Navis, D-I-C-K-R Navis. Uh, please rate and review us on the podcast of your choice. Help more people find the show. Uh, I enjoy spelling my name in that fashion because Aaron is just You're not silently. Spelling your name. <laughs> it's not helping anyone. <laughs> Ooh, a mystery. Oh, only you can solve it or get an X card into your neck. Either way, join us next time for another pile of garbage. <laughs>